Chris Galsey here with Matt Howell. On this episode of The First Run, Matt and I are going to discuss the latest film from the Conjuring Cinematic Universe, The Nun. Matt, I got to tell you, out of all the spinoffs, even more so than Annabelle, I think I was most excited for The Nun, making her premiere in the second Conjuring film scary as all heck. So I was kind of looking forward to this one. I also saw Peppermint, which I don't believe you did. Directed by Pierre Morel, who gave us Liam Neeson and Taken, one of the greatest escape films of all time. Just one of those, you know, it's uh, Thursday night, you got the flu, and you're trying <laughs> right. to figure out what they're watching. This is on TNT. <laughs> you're going to end up watching Taken. Well, this is his latest film with Jennifer Garner. And then we both continued our martial arts marathon with the five Venoms, or the five deadly Venoms, depending on where you find it. And then it's going to be the 2018 Rotten Tomatoes score contest that I won handily last year when i say handily i mean i pulled it out with the last film so we're going to give it another shot see if matt can take the crown and get his hands on that juicy 35 dollar gift certificate mm-hmm. so uh it's going to be a fight to the finish this year but let's start everything off with a clip from the nun i had a series of visions when i was younger and after each one ended the same thought would be stuck in my head I saw none. Word of my visions reached the church, and I was asked to accompany a priest to an abbey in Romania. The abbey has a long history. Valak. Not all good. What? Kalian's here. So you heard it right there, Matt, all right? So Tessa Farmiga and Domain Bashir are sent to this abbey that something horrible's happened, and they're sent out to investigate it. And they encounter Valak, which is the demon that assumes the form of the nun. And they have to combat it and try and save all humanity and stop it from escaping this abbey. So, as I said in the opening, Matt, I really enjoyed the first two Conjuring films. And, this, and I think, as we both agree, the second Annabelle film is quite good. But uh, I really felt that this could have had the chance to be uh, the better of the spinoffs. It's got all the ingredients, right? It's got the gothic setting in the old abbey, the religious iconography just begging to be spun upside down. It's got nuns and demons. It's got Damien Bashir, Tisa Farmiga. You know, I, I, I thought I was going to be uh, looking forward to this. I thought this might be a, a good thriller. It certainly made enough money. Two tw- it made, cost two, I'll get it. It cost 22 mil to make, Matt. And it's pulled in to 28.7. What? So they Whoa. are pretty happy about this back at the Conjuring UHQ. <laughs> but Matt, and one other thing too, I want to tell everybody, this is one of the few films we actually got to see together, which I always really enjoy. Even though the rule is we can't discuss how we, f- our thoughts about the film. But right. sometimes... It's pretty immediate. (laughs) (laughs) So given all these factors that go into it, Conjuring Universe, you got a scary nun, gothic setting. um, You have a pretty good stable of actors, or at least two of them. So why didn't this work? Yeah, I have no idea. For you. It it didn't work. It did not work, Chris. It was, it was, uh... now I will say I've seen all the Conjuring movies except the first Annabelle, which I believe I skipped on your recommendation just said don't watch it and that Smart. is what happened uh, so i can't say if this is worse than that but it's just not good it's just a, a mess that just makes absolutely no sense i think i leaned over 
to our companion that was at the movies and I said, does this movie actually have a plot? And I think that's really kind of what this was wrong with this film is it doesn't have any kind of cohesive storyline whatsoever. They just kind of go from scene to scene to scene. Um, and honestly, the principles are just not that interesting to be able to hold it. And it's just not scary. It's really not scary at all, which is really a shame. Well, I think there, there's your cardinal sin. This thing isn't remotely scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's just a disaster. I don't understand it. it, it it's a, an exceptionally lazy script, I think, is one of the big issues I have with it. An exceptionally dull narrative. The film's uneven. I don't know if they were blindfolded when they were kind of cutting this thing together. But it, the way that kind of they go from shot to shot and scene to scene. Another thing, too, is the film makes no logical sense. And it doesn't even stick to the logic that they've built in this universe. I don't right. understand what was happening at the Abbey. Were there nuns? Were they not there? Were they possessed? Were they ghosts? Were they... I don't, the whole thing... I, and I, I don't, don't even think the movie knows. The movie doesn't know. That's just what I was going to say. I don't think even the director knows what he ended up making the call. And don't give me this, well, this is one of those things. Well, he was trying to keep it deliberately kind of ambiguous. No, no. This is just poorly, poorly done. Let me give you an example. The lazy script for me when the the uh what is he the french canadian guy who is guides them he's their sherpa to the abbey right matt what's his nickname just if you were to guess out of the blue what the french guy's nickname is what do you think it would be well it certainly couldn't be frenchy because that would just be too on the nose (laughs) well very well could be so it's just listen the cast is i think uniformly committed I think Tessa and uh, Bashir are fine in this. I think they do the best they can with what they got. But the biggest sin of this thing is it's not even even remotely scary. And I think that they horribly misuse or underutilize the nun's character. All this thing is is just horror cliche after horror cliche. I was just waiting for the cat to jump out and scare me when they were walking down the hall. You know, it's it's just that's that's the kind of movie it is. And it's just it's a disappointment for me. Yeah, and it's a real shame, too, because The Nun, even though it really had no narrative sense to be in The Conjuring 2, was actually a pretty unsettling visual, and it was Mm -hmm. a kind of a creepy, creepy thing. And you know what? I I have to say this, spoiler alert, guys, but The Nun, it feels like The Nun is barely in this film. Like, she doesn't show up, like, at all. It's all just kind of like they're talking about this great evil. It really, you know what this kind of was? This is like a, a gothic horror film that just didn't work on any level. It's like they were, so if they were trying to make, it's like they bought a script off of the shelf that was languishing and they just inserted the nun somewhere in it just to try and put the two together. Like a Cloverfield uh, conjuring type thing where they just did exactly. the existing thing and then just what is shoehorn Cloverfield like, into it. Yeah, they're like, here's this gothic uh, horror film that uh, has some nuns in it. We can just put that on there. We've we've already paid for it. Man, the material is so ripe to be terrifying too. And, and especially after seeing something like Hereditary, right? Where you right. just though it's a different kind of horror, but you're you're uneasy and upset and discomfort, you know, the entire time. This one, you're just so passive watching this thing, and you're like, oh yeah, here, watch. This is see that old mother superior nun there. She's gonna be dead. Watch something's gonna happen. Oh look, see. There it goes. <laughs> so it's it's really it's exceptionally lazy and poorly done. And um, actually, I looked it up. Annabelle had a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Nun, 27. All right, well, there you go. This is basically like, this is basically Crimson Peak without any of Guillermo del Toro's flourishy touches is basically what this film is. Yeah, and much, much worse. 
Much, 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 much worse. So I gave the nun a D. Where'd you come down? Um, I'm going to give it a D minus. I don't think I can bring it to an F, but it was pretty close. I'm really giving out the Fs this year. I think this will, that would, it's like skirting with my third. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know what? I don't, it just, it's, I, I appreciate what you said too about how, you know, you didn't know how really she fits into the narrative structure of The Conjuring. And it's, I guess the plan was if this thing does well enough, they could do a second or, and or a third film, which would kind of bring it full circle and bring it into the Conjuring universe. I I don't want to at this point. I'd rather just stick with what we had in part two and then let's call it. Because if they're going to do it, listen, you can do a thing like I wanted them to do with Jack Reacher, where you take a passable film and make it better the next time around, which they failed that miserably, miserably. That's what I'm afraid of here. I mean, you, there's an opportunity. You, it did well enough, though I think the word of mouth and even the cinema score for this is pretty bad that I don't know if you can get a second bite of this apple, at least not theatrically, maybe straight to video. But uh, I don't. you could, I guess, try a sequel and fix it and do it right, but I don't know. It's going to happen. It made It's made $200 million. I mean, it's going. they're going to make a sequel. Budget, yeah. So we can look forward to... Patrick Wilson crooning out some uh, Blue Christmas or something. I really look forward to it while he comforts people with the nun. <laughs> Conjuring 3, back in the habit. Well, con- <laughs> Conjuring 3, I'm on board for. I thought the second okay. one, actually, I think I enjoyed it more than the first. Mm. But I'd, it's just spinoff stuff. We're one for three with the spinoffs. Well, you know what? And, they, and to be fair, that one that is pretty good had absolutely no right in the world being good. I think, honestly, I think that's really what they're doing. They're going out and finding these scripts, and they're just, like, shoehorning in something, and they just happen to land on a decent one. They're not actually writing these scripts for the actual films. They're just being like, oh, let's see what we got languishing in, in the, that we bought the rights to a long time ago. I guess. I don't know. Just don't see it, folks. It's already made a ton of money. Save yours. Wait for, if, if, you, if you're a big fan, maybe wait for it to hit video. There's no reason to see this in the theater. No. Uh, there's just, no. If... Shoot us an email, feedback at thefirstrun.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Maybe we're wrong. I don't see that's how remotely possible. But when we're laughing through a horror film and it's not Shaun of the Dead or Evil Dead 2, you know there's something going on. All right, Matt, let's move on. Let's go ahead and talk about what's coming up on Blu-ray and DVD this upcoming Tuesday. Here's a catalog release that I remember watching this when it came out and I thought it was hilarious. I don't know if that's still the case. Let's see if you can uh, recognize this one. You, you, old man. Look, I am in desperate need of assistance. Well, 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 what's on your mind, little girl? Uh, I realize that you are most likely the product of lower class inbreeding, but perhaps you could help me. Oh gosh, I certainly hope so. I have been wandering this dreary village in hopes of finding the Queen Catherine. You wouldn't have any idea where she might be docked, would you? Uh, you know what you are? You're, you're one of those little uh, fancy lads, aren't you? <laughs> Boy, you're cute. Gosh, what a sweet little outfit. Is it your little spring outfit? No. <laughs> you couldn't be cuter. You're so adorable. Oh, my. You know, you remind me of my niece, Sally. Lovely girl. She's, she's a dietitian. Hey, would you like to buy a monkey? No, I don't want to buy a monkey. Are you sure? No, I'm on my way. Your All family right. must be very proud of you. All right, you. we'll see you, honey. So, Matt, what's that movie? That's Cabin Boy. It took me a minute to figure it out, but um, I was just waiting for the Dave Letterman, you want to buy a monkey, because I still remember that from the Oscars, that when he hosted the Oscars. I don't know what I just, 
I don't know. I've always liked that film. Though, like I said, I haven't watched it in probably 10, 15 years. So who knows what still holds up. But now you can pick it up on Blu-ray, featuring all new audio commentary with Chris Elliott and the director, Adam Resnick, and a new interview with Elliott and Resnick as well. Some other stuff coming out you may be more interested in because you're a snob, unlike me, this upcoming Tuesday the 18th. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. If you get it from Best Buy, Met, you get a steel book. Target's got a digibook. And Walmart has a Funko Pratt in blue keychain thing. You know the Funko things? Sure, I don't yeah. get the appeal of those things at all. Do you like those? Um, I don't see why they've blown up. I, I will admit I do have a couple Um, when they first came out. Like I have Spider-Man and stuff like that. But they lost their allure very quickly. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of featurettes on the thing, making of uh, one sounds kind of interesting here. Monster in a Mansion. The director discusses how Jurassic Park and Dracula influenced his approach to directing the Monster in a Mansion scene, and it's the Langella Dracula. So very nice. Siberia, starring Keanu Reeves. Excuse me, Kahanu Reeves. He plays an American diamond merchant who travels to Russia to sell rare blue diamonds of questionable origin. As the deal begins to collapse, he falls into an obsessive relationship with a Russian cafe owner in a small Siberian town. As their passions build, so do the treacherous world around them of the diamond trade in which he is unable to extricate himself. Both collide as the American man desperately looks for escape in a world with no exit. I've heard this is not good. But Uh, we like pushing some Kahanu when we can. Some TV shows being released. Supergirl Season 3, which I believe is already on Netflix. I did not see this season at all. So uh, I have to catch up with that. X-Files Season 11. I watched the first two or three episodes of Season 10 when Mm. they relaunched it. I did not see Season 11. I got to tell you, Season 10, obviously it wasn't enough to keep me hooked. Did you see either of them? Um, I did watch all of Season 10. It was really, really uneven. Although the... um... The comedic episode was actually really, really good. That was the only highlight. So, But I, I skipped season 11 completely. Fair enough. The Looming Tower on Hulu is being released on Blu-ray as well, which is the story, I guess, of the interagency fights uh, pre-9-11 and how that breakdown led to that attack happening, or at least not being stopped. And then uh, I believe Studio Canal is releasing Community, the complete series on Blu-ray. I oh, have wow. all the DVD sets, so I probably will not be picking this up, though I didn't buy the uh, Gas Lake season, which I believe is season four. Okay. And I have yet, I've, I've only seen four or five episodes of the final season that was on that failed Yahoo TV launch. Yeah, I've never watched the last season either. So I'd like to try and, I got to catch up with that someday. I have the set. I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet, unfortunately. You know what I'm watching right now that's really good? I think I'm six episodes in, five, six. What's season up? three of Preacher. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, Preacher was a pretty solid season this this season. I liked it. I thought two was underwhelming. So um, I've been really liking this one so far. Criterion is releasing My Man Godfrey on Blu-ray, starring Carol Lombard and William Powell. This should be a great one. It includes a new digital restoration of the film with an uncompressed monoral soundtrack, new piece about the film with jazz and film critic Gary Giddens, a new discussion about the director, Gregor LaCava, and some outtakes as well as the Lux Radio Theater adaptation of the film from 1938. I always kind of like that when they include the, the uh, radio versions. Arrow is releasing a couple films, one Horror of the Malformed Men, Includes a brand new 2K restoration of the film from the original negative. You ever hear of Horror of the Malformed Men? I have not, no. It's one of the supposed, I believe it was one of the video nasties. And uh, it was kind of banned for a very long time. And it's now being released from Arrow. 
It includes the, on the first pressing there's a collector's booklet featuring new writing by uh, some some writers Jasper Sharp, Tom Mess, and Gr- Grady Hendrix. Arrow's also relieving 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 themselves of the releasing the Pajama Girl case, which is based on the real life infamous murder case that shocked the world. When the mutilated corpse of a young woman is found on an Australian beach, retired Detective Thompson involves himself in the investigation. But before they can find the killer, the police must identify the victim. It stars Ray Milland. If you're familiar with uh, like Dial M for Murder, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the monster with two heads with a Rosie Greer. Okay. Where's the man sure. with two heads? I can't remember. Twilight Time is re- releasing The Last Hurrah. 3,000 copies limited, of course. Spencer Tracy stars in John Ford's sentimental adaptation of Edwin Arcano's novel about the final campaign of a big city mayor loosely based upon the life of Boston politician James Curley. And then your straight-to-DVD pick of the week, Matt. Silencer. A retired hitman played by Johnny Mesner must leave the quiet life he has built to rescue a young girl kidnapped by the kingpin of a ruthless drug cartel, Danny Trejo. Haunted by the lives he took as a military sharpshooter, he sets out on a blood-soaked battle to return the child, also featuring Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell in this action-packed race for vengeance. I've always liked the, um, what do you call them, sniper video games. I don't know what it is, but I mm-hmm. always kind of like the, I like to go with this, like um, with Borderlands, I always went with the sniper sure. guy. Oh, uh, okay. Like to kill from a distance, huh, Chris? I do. I like to be cold and dispassionate and not have to be right up close. There you go. Sweet Not me. <laughs> you like Matt likes to feel the blood. Uh, That's right. Warm blood like to run up with a shotgun and get in their face. After they That's how I look at my necks. video games. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, this, before you get your streaming play of the week, I finally saw um, MacGruber. Isn't it fantastic? It's <laughs> really underappreciated. It really is. Maybe I should save it for my uh, great unwatched. Since yeah, I'm you should. Way behind. It's fantastic. On but um, it made me miss my flight home. So, did it? <laughs> did, are you serious? Yeah, I did. Wow, that's pretty pathetic. It's not entirely my fault. So that the so what happened was the flight was um, delayed 25 minutes, right? Okay. I got the alert when I'm getting there. I'm like, all right. So I'm sitting at the gate, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. I'm looking up. People are still hanging out. I'm waiting. All right. But I'm watching the movie on my iPad. And then I'm like, everybody starts getting in line. So I get up, and I go to the gate, and the gate says Orlando. And I'm like, what the What? So I, I turn around and I see the gate. They move. So they they move the gate on me, <laughs> and the twenty five minute delay they made yeah. it up. There was oh. no delay. Oh wow. Okay. So what what did you do? Did they actually did you did you have to pay out extra money or how did that so work? So they were going to get me on the flight the next day, and I oh, said, okay. let, me, let me go see what I can do. So I bolted over to the Orlando one, and yeah. they got me on that flight, no problem. Oh, nice. Okay. And then I had to rent a car and drive home from Orlando. Oh wow. Nice. So there All you go. because of uh, Will Forte. That's right. <laughs> if I didn't have my headphones in, I would have heard that the flight was now on time and that they had moved the gate. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure Jen was very pleased. She was sleeping by then. So what should you be oh, streaming? <laughs> okay. So in honor of our martial arts film marathon that we're doing, um, I'm going to uh, recommend a classic that was kind of out of the running for this, but stars uh, the intimidable Jean-Claude Van Damme in one of his earliest starring roles. I'm of course talking about Bloodsport, where he plays military martial artist Frank Ducks, who apparently is a real guy. Frank Dude. Oh, really? I don't even yeah, he's a real guy. And this is basically part based on his hearsay things of fighting in these illegal terminates. But uh basically he goes to avenge uh, a student of his sensei and fight in the Kumite 
stars Bolo Young opposite him as the yeah, evil Bolo. his evil uh, counterpart, and you get to see some brilliance of uh, of uh, overacting as as Jean Claude fights blind at the end. Spoiler alert! But uh, it is absolutely fantastic. Is that the one where he dances? I can't remember if the, if it's this one or Kickboxer. I think the one where he dances is Kickboxer. I'm pretty sure right. it's Kickboxer. Yeah. I showed my wife the dance scene and she laughed for about ten minutes straight. Yeah, that was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, guys, Jean Claude Van Damme dance Kickboxer. Google that. YouTube it. It is fantastic. But Bloodsport's really good too, and it's available on Amazon Prime for your viewing pleasure. There you are. All right, Matt. Let's move on. I want to sh- just share a couple thoughts on the film Peppermint. So uh, let's hear Jennifer Garner kind of just tell you how it's going to be. Watching someone take everything from you. All you have. All you're ever going to have. Just gone. Hurts, doesn't it? Knowing that it's all over... And there is nothing you can do about it. You didn't serve justice, Your Honor. I will. And then she blows him up. So Jennifer Garner plays... She's not the titular Peppermint. That's not actually how it goes. She plays Riley North. And her husband um, had a little shady past, but he straightened himself out, right, Matt? And they have a lovely young daughter. It's her birthday. So times are tough, though, and they're struggling to get by. So a buddy of his talks to her husband and says, listen, I got a job. It's, you know, in and out, easy. Don't worry about it. We can make some money and no one will know. And he thinks about it, but then he says, you know what? I don't want to mess things up. I'm married to Jennifer Garner for Pete's sake. I'm not going to screw that up. So what happens, though, is things go bad. What happens is this guy was going to rob a drug dealer. And the drug dealer like, well, if you even thought about doing it, I have to set an example. So he takes them out. They're at an amusement park celebrating the kid's birthday. And they, get, they do the drive-by. They kill the husband and the daughter. It gets killed. Garner's off in the distance picking up some napkins because they got some ice cream. And then she disappears for a while. Does her whole Batman training thing. Comes back, which we don't get to see any of for some reason. And exacts her revenge. So what happens is the cops are paid off. The judge is paid off. Everybody's paid off, right? So nothing ever happens. So she comes back, she kind of becomes the avenging angel of this neighborhood and starts to take out everybody involved. And it's just, it's really, really dumb. Matt, if there was a movie that was worse than The Nun in the theaters this week, it may have been this. I'll tell you at the end what my final grade is. But listen, it's directed by Pierre Morel, who directed Taken, which is a lot of fun. Another dumb kind of action revenge movie, but still fun. And I love me some revenge films, but... This, and unlike the film we saw earlier this year, Revenge, which took the exploitation film and kicked it squarely in the boy parts, this thing does nothing with its female lead in its capacity. You could have inserted anybody. You could put me in this thing, and it would have been just as entertaining. It's Garner, I guess, is fine in it, but it's got an exceptionally poor script. It's dully executed. The action scenes are okay, but it does, nothing comes close to like a MacGruber throat rip. Um, it is a little violent at times, but that's it. I really wish this thing uh, was a little more interesting. I think if we had more of a systematic kind of stalking and an elimination of all the corrupt officials and then the gang members, maybe. But we jump from like scene to scene 
And there's one thing too that I've we're, I've been really struggling with internal logic the last few weeks in these films. And this one really suffers from it. So there's a scene I'm just gonna tell you because I don't want you to see this thing where the drug dealers set her up, right? They set up their drug lab so they know she's going to go there. She gets there, and they blow it up while she's inside. Thankfully, she's able to get into the sewer system, you know, through the warehouse, and then she pops out the warehouse. Here's the thing. The gang members are there, right? And they blow up the warehouse, and then they take off. Garner shows up, pops out of the sewer grate, steals a guy's car, and then is able to catch up with them and chase them down because she knows where they're going. It, right. I mean, it's, it's just bizarre stuff like that. It's, it's another thing where I just think the editor was high when he was putting this thing together. It's just really dumb and really just a waste of time. I love myself a good revenge action film just as much as the next person, but it's just, it's just not terribly good. In the end, I think this may be slightly more enjoyable than The Nun, but not much. I ended up giving this a D plus. All right. And I never want to see this thing again. I don't want to see uh, a sequel to this. I don't want, I just, it's, it's too bad. Cause maybe it could have been interesting and maybe Garner could have had a new franchise on her hands with this thing, but not with this stinker hard pass. That's too bad. That was a very, uh, that was a very good uh, Mr. Blonde impression too. in that little clip you played there. So you're welcome. Yeah. It's very nice. It stinks. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are, up, we are up on the lingo, huh? We are very hip these days. <laughs> yes, we are. We certainly are. All right. Let's con- continue our martial arts ma- marathon, Matt, and let's go ahead and uh, talk about the five deadly poisons, the five, five venoms. 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 Not yes. poisons, venoms. What's wrong with it? It's the poison clan. Poison Clan, That's right? That's what it is. So I'm not yes. totally off base, but let's let's hear from the master um, what this is all about. You've not specialized in any one skill, because I chose to teach you all the five main techniques, as there was little time. So then, compared with the other pupils, you don't stand up. You're not really their match. I taught all I could, but times run out. So the only way. You could ever beat the others, or stand a chance, would be to combine with one of those five. I worry about what they're all doing. What I taught them could be used wrongly for evil, to hurt men. So then, I would like to make sure that this hasn't been the case, and you will do that for me. Teacher, me. Otherwise, my soul couldn't rest in peace if they're bad you must kill them all right matt so you curated this martial arts list so you get to intro each one of these things what is the five deadly venoms all about well it kind of laid it out right there in that clip so basically uh, here's what i want i want you then to i want you to tell me though what are the five deadly venoms? Who are they, and what are they? Sure. So, um, so this uh, kung fu master, um, he's had five pupils, um, and he lists out each one of them by number. Number one is a master of the centipede style, quick and flurry. Mm-hmm. You can't, uh, you can't defend it. Um, really, you can't defend it against any of these. Really. Uh, number two is snake style. Uh, number three is scorpion style. Uh, number four 
is lizard style, although I don't understand how a lizard is a poison. And then number five is the best style of them all, <coughs> toad style. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's I, basically – what? Go ahead. I would say I, if I had to choose one, I would go toad. Yeah, I mean, he's invulnerable. I mean, toad style, he is invulnerable. Um, but uh, but essentially, he's got this sick student who's he's kind of like the first run of the rest of them. They're all really specialized on something, but he's only you know he's okay at a lot of things, but he's not really exceptional at any one thing. So mm-hmm. he sends them out to go find them, and um, kind of conveniently, the first two know each other, and the last two know each other, but they don't know each other. But all four of them don't really recognize each other, and nobody knows who the third one is. And basically, they get involved in this plot. Um, where I guess a partner of the Kung Fu master, he got really rich and they murder him and they try and find his, his, uh, his fortune. Um, honestly, this movie makes absolutely no sense. I have, it was, it was, uh, it was actually, I, so I have a confession. I had to go with what was available on like prime or Netflix or something streaming. So I had heard of this, but I had never seen it. And ah, it, okay. is, it is, it is. I'm, I hate to say it. I don't see what all the hype is. I did, I did not really enjoy this at all, to be quite honest with you. You didn't at all, huh? No. I mean, when the, the fight scenes were good, they were kind of, they were fun to watch. Were and they? they were just, well, they weren't good, but they were that. Here's the thing. This thing does not stack up to Fist of Fury at all. Like, no. this is just, this is absolutely just, this is exploitation, bad filmmaking, and it has no benefits to that. It's basically a, uh, it's basically like an anime. Like it's like okay, there's these five guys. Each has a special power, and we're gonna go through them one by one and tack on a, a nonsensical murder story at the same time. Well, it I think is... that's I think that's exactly right. In fact, my first note is that this was a Saturday morning cartoon of a martial arts film. It's exactly it is. What it is. Yeah, and I, I though I gotta admit, it's got a stink to just be Yang. Everybody's right. like centipede, snake, scorpion, <laughs> hey, Yang. You can't give him some uh, cool name. That's just. He didn't even get to be a, a cool number. He said, "I'm number four, But Lizard Style's number four. Shouldn't he be number six? That doesn't right. make any sense. Internal logic. Five right. venoms. Jesus, I don't get. It. So anyway, but I I don't know. I kind of I thought it was a ton of fun, Matt. I mean, I didn't. Did you? I did. I think the martial arts left me wanting, particularly the first two thirds of the film. Just it's not. It's it's a lot of defensive moves and jumping right. around. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's. It's not terribly good. I think it picks up a little bit at the end. It's a little bit better, but like you said, nothing compare. It doesn't compare to Fist of Furia at all. Oh. So, um, but I did enjoy the mystery storyline. Storyline. I mean, it's a little corny. Like I said, it's a Saturday morning cartoon. It's like Scooby Doo meets you know the Five Deadly Sins. <laughs> so, and I did like the fact that it wasn't one of those typical "I have to avenge my dojo or master" type stuff. There was actually another plot in the film that. Really, it's just there to progress you through the film more than it is an interesting thing. But still, I enjoyed it. And I also enjoyed the palette of the film. It was very vibrant. There was a lot of use of color in this thing that I, I pretty much enjoyed. So I thought it was fine. When I when it ended, all I could think of is that I want them to remake this today with like Jackie Chan and Iko Uwais, Donnie Yen, yeah. Tony Jaa. You know, get all these guys and remake this film and I just don't know if I want it to be super serious and ultra violent or if I want it to be kind of corny and fun. Right. Well, I mean, it's not this film if they don't sit there and explain each what each style is all about with a montage for five minutes. That's right. <laughs> but I would like, I think that would be a lot of maybe, you know, have Gareth Evans, you know, come back and direct it. I I just, yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I enjoyed it. I actually ended up giving it a B minus. Uh, what were your thoughts though? And then give me your grade. Uh, like I said, I wasn't very impressed with it. I, I, I love cheesy martial arts movies as based on my, uh, my recommendation. Um, but they have to have a certain charm to them. And this one just, it just left me cold. Like I just didn't, I thought it was a lot more convoluted than it was its own good. Like if they had just stuck with, it was a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, mm-hmm would have been a heck of a lot better but uh i see what they were trying to do it just wasn't it didn't sell me on it i mean it left me kind of cold i'm gonna i'm gonna unfortunately give it a c Ooh. and it's really unfortunate because you tweeted about this and you actually got some strangers to fa- to like the tweet because you were talking about this film see <laughs> so yeah it's got a following it, I think it, it does was, it was in the top 50 cult films i think on entertainment week yeah number 11 yeah <laughs> seriously so, I, I, I mean, know. I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. It happens every once in a while. Once in a great while, you're going to hit that. <laughs> yeah. for, right. I'm just going to let that go. So okay. if you had a chance to see the five deadly venoms, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com. What do we have coming up next? Do you remember? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, we didn't really pick an order, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Street Fighter starring Sonny Chiba. Hotori Hanzo himself um, as a street fighting assassin for hire who does good in protecting a, a little girl. It's fantastic. That's supposed to be classic. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Good to know. Mm-hmm. All right. It is finally here. We are now going to do our 2018 Rotten Tomatoes score contest. Here's a film. That if this thing gets above a 50, I'll pass out. I just I just don't think it's... Well, here, just listen to this clip, and then you tell me. We will eat both your arms, and then both of your legs, and then we will eat your face right off your head. You will be this armless, legless, faceless thing, won't you? Rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. What the hell are you? I have a parasite. Yeah. Name is Chen. Like a turd in the wind. Yeah. And here's the thing. People have been making fun of that. That's actually, from what I understand, pulled directly from a Venom comic book. Verbatim. So they can't even blame the scriptwriter on this I don't one. know if that helps. It doesn't help at all. It just shows you what they have to work with. I don't understand what Tom Hardy is doing. But we'll get into it. You know, he could... I don't want to talk about it. I'm... It's just fine. So whatever. I don't. Venom's first up. Matt, my Rotten Tomatoes score for the good old V and I'm without a Spider-Man connection is uh, 32%. And just to refresh everybody on the rules, this is Price is Right rules. So who's closest without going over, which is what did me in last game. Like, because Chris undershot something by like, 12 15 points but i was like two points over so i lost that's how that worked um i don't make the rules this isn't nah man there are rules you do, actually you do make the rules and that's the rule you made but you it's started it off before <laughs> before so i guess it's fair play well it's um, like i pulled it out of my pocket right at the no, end you're right. oh, by no, the way it's no that's right. why i said it's fair play it's fair play because you said it at the end but you did make the rule let's not lie here so there we go right. um so what was it 35 i said 32 32 um, I'll let you go I, first too. We'll, we'll alternate so you can. Okay. 
Um, without going over. God, uh, I think that's a little low, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going 35. 35. I'm not confident, um, but right. I think it's going to be a little better. But if I end up going over, I'm going to be very upset. All right. Next up is Halloween. What do you got? Um, so for the Danny McBride remake, uh, this could either be really good or just be completely mediocre. Um, I'm going to go 53%. Ooh. All right. You may have me here because I have 63. Okay. There you go. Going over. Big money. Bohemian Rhapsody, which, of course, is the queen focus on Freddie Mercury film. Mm-hmm. I think my love for the band is coloring me on this one a little bit. I think you're right. But I'm going 80%. 80%, huh? Yeah. That's... that's... Hollywood does love a biopic, and apparently, um, what's his name? Mal- um, Ryan Malik or something? Romney, yeah, Malik, yeah. Um, Rami Malik. He's uh, supposed to be really, really good at this. Um, but I think 80% is pretty high. I'm going to go 74%. You know, it's funny, because when you were talking, I was saying I was thinking 72. Were you? I did. I was seriously thinking going down to 72, because I think you're right, you're right, that 80 might be a bit high. <sighs> I'm going to think on that. I'll have to wrap it up. By Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to decide before the end of the show. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. I will decide before the end of the show, before the end of this segment. Okay. All right. Suspiria. That's your one do over. This is Price is Right rules. You don't get to go back again. <laughs> Suspiria. Go ahead. Uh, so this is the remake of one of the most bizarre yet most beloved um, horror films of all time. Um, I think this is going to be just way too weird for people. And I think... Now, some of the buzz is people either absolutely adore it or they just don't understand why it was made at all. Um, and I think that's going to win out in the end. I'm going to say that this thing is going to have a 44%. Wow. Yeah. 44. Wow. All right. I'm a- I, just think the, I just think the zeros are going to split the difference on the, on the love on this. And I think... I don't understand why this thing got made, and I really don't understand uh, Dakota Johnson. I just do not think that she can f- do this at all. Forty-four. I got man. I'm starting to get nervous. I got sixty-eight. <laughs> okay. Forty-four. I don't think we have a very strong slate going through here. Interesting. Wow. All right. Then um, who's up? I'm up now, right? For Overlord. Yeah. yeah. I have fifty-three. Fifty-three percent for the J.J. Abrams World War II zombie epic. Yeah, I'm not thinking it doesn't look that good, to be quite honest with you. It does not look that good. Um, I'm going to pull a $1. I'm going to go 51%. <laughs> I missed it. I totally missed it. What would you say for Bohemian Rhapsody? 74? 74, yeah. All right. I've already dropped mine down to 72. That's how confident okay. I am. <laughs> All right. Stand by your convictions. That's me. At least you're not letting your judgment cloud. And when, if it does better, then you can just crow from the rooftops, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Fantastic Beasts, the something crimes of Grindelwald or something. Uh, gosh, I wish I knew it. I, if I had done any research, I could have checked to see what the last one did. Um, I'll tell you if you want me to tell you. Okay, sure. I what no is t- doing that? I think that's fair. Oh, it'll help if I spell it right. Fantastic Beasts. Come on, baby. Dad needs a new pair of shoes. Here we go. Hmm, seventy-four. Really? That seems high. All right, I'm going to go 66. 66%. 
I'm in trouble. I have 71. I hate being just above. <laughs> All right. Ralph breaks the internet. Uh, go ahead. You go ahead. Sorry. I, I have this, I have this rather high because I loved the last one a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have this at, uh, 84. Wow. That's crazy. Cause I have it at 81%. Do you? Yes. <laughs> There's no, dra- do we have any drastic differences? Just Suspiria, I guess. Like last yeah. time where I was able to get you because of that oh here's the next one. Ooh, this will be a good one you ready yeah aquaman Ugh, see this is this is the one see either this could really bring it around or it's going to be completely mediocre and i'm really betting on the second one just from what i've seen everything is produced um beyond wonder woman god i feel like this is going to screw me again the stupid dceu is going to screw me again um 56 <clears throat> percent 56 for Aquaman. Yeah. All right. I'm at 65. Are you? Okay. Mm-hmm. I initially had 72. Wow, that's first did this, wrong. But then I'm like, eh. So I, I brought it down to 65. And then All finally. Right. Okay. Holmes and Watson. Mm, now, see, we have not seen really anything of this other than. One picture. Is I've seen. One picture. Um, but let's see. Let's just do something here. Ooh, okay. Step Brothers got a fifty-five percent. Um, there's no way. <laughs> um, uh, okay, I'm gonna have to readjust here. Okay, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, fifty-two percent. Fifty-two, huh? Yeah, yeah. God damn it! I had sixty-one. Did you? You can have to stick with it. Make your decision now if you don't no, like it. No, it's fine. <laughs> It's fine. So, all right, here we go. I'm going to run them right. down now. Okay. Venom, I had 32. You had 35. Okay. Halloween, 63 for me, 53 for you. Mm-hmm. Bow wrap, 72, 74. So, you're, okay. I think that's the one you're above me. Okay. Well, and uh, the first one. Right, right, right. Thank you. Yeah. Suspiria, I had 68. I'm much more bullish on that than you are. You're at 44. Yes. That one's probably going to do me in. You think so? Overlord. I had 53%. You had 51. Fantastic Beast 2. I'm at 71. You're at 66. Probably the smarter play. Ralph Breaks the Internet. We're both a little high maybe, but we'll see. 84 for me, 81 for you. Aquaman. We have inverted numbers. I have 65. You have 56. (laughs) And then Holmes and Watson. 61% for me, 52% for you. Again. There's no way. There's no way that it's better than Step Brothers. No way. And they hated Step Brothers. Closest to the actual score without going over. And I would have gotten hammered in this first one because I had the Predator. I think I had it like at 60 something. What were you thinking? Even just based off of the, uh, I don't the uh, previews. And I didn't even like the trailers too. But I thought, right. you know, I give Shane Black a lot of slack. Not anymore. But yeah. uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a great film. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> I really don't have an explanation for that. So. Didn't you do The Nice Guys too? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Another yeah. film I loved. Good point. Yeah. So 
That's it, folks. What are your scores? Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts all about that as well. Next week. Next week. Well, we're going to talk about the aforementioned The Predator by Mr. Shane Black. Are we going to try and fit in uh, White Boy Rick, too? I kind of want to try and see it. I don't know. I was actually leaning more towards seeing a simple favor. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's part of it. On when I go we can split the it. difference. You want to check out one? I'll see the other. Yeah, I want to see Wiper Rick. Okay, we'll, yeah. do that. we'll do that. And then I think I think the first film I want us to do a if we can get to it a horror marathon because I think there's a lot of stuff we haven't caught up with ghost stories. Right? Sure. And of course, you can rent or buy Mandy right now. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. So that's the first one in October, I think. We do okay. Is, uh, we work in Mandy. So that's going to be the big show for this week. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Check us out on the First Run website as well. We're on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and just scroll, 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 scroll. Eventually, you will find us. Go to Apple Podcasts and throw us up a quick review. That's how other people will find the show that you love so dearly. Matt, let's go ahead then and take an extended break. And uh, we will see you all soon. It doesn't matter. It's not like I'm seeing anyone. There's just a guy. A guy that goes to Greendale? Is it the Russian guy that looks like a short Johnny Depp? It doesn't matter. Is it the guy who looks a little like Vince Vaughn but smells a lot like fish? I don't want to talk about it. Well, I have someone in my life that I'm happy to talk about. Again, with the Jesus. Jesus is always in my life, but things have been looking better every day with my ex-husband. Is it the guy that looks like Anderson Cooper with the soul patch and the ponytail? No. Is it black Michael Chiklis? No. And white George Horner? You guys are talking about the same person. He's biracial, his name is David, and he's a human being. Guys, stop guessing. It's not a thing at all. It's just a friend. Change the subject. Let's get back to who Annie's in love with. Is it Fat Neil? Blue Streak? Optimus Prime? Okay, even I know some of these are Transformers. Who cares who it is? Let's just study. Study what? We haven't had a first class yet. Well, can we talk about something other than Annie's love life? We could talk about my love life. Is it Jean-Claude Van Overbite? We should really start learning people's names. I agree with Brown Jamie Lee Curtis.